Uh, and that's who we are. We're Rock Bible Church. Welcome. We're Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling. Welcome all to worship, being a community. Somehow, I'm not sure that's in the charter, but uh, but we are trying to be those things, compelling, casual, and community, and uh, we're doing it the best ways we can. So uh, we have ushers coming down the aisle uh, with uh, bulletins and outlines. If you need one of those, a pen to write with to follow along if you want that, that's great. Otherwise, everything will be up on the screen. You can follow along that way. We also have uh, prayer request cards if you have... Uh, a prayer that God has answered and you'd like us to thank God on your behalf or you have a a request yet to be answered uh, you can fill that out drop it in the offering plate at the end today and then our staff and uh, and our prayer team uh, would love to pray for you and yours so that's how that works uh, we're Daniel chapter 12 12 chapters uh, about three months now we've been working on Daniel chapter and it's it's been a bummer hasn't it I mean, just downer story after downer story and, and future prophecies where you don't get all the information and poor Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah just suffering through all kinds of torture and the whole thing and how, how's it going to end? Uh, well, as, as I used to love to always say in student ministry, no matter how bad the bad news gets, the good news is always better. It's always greater. Amen. Uh, and we're going to see that with Daniel. Maybe in a different way uh, than some would call success or winning. Uh, but the way God sees it, and I believe the way Daniel would see it in the end. Um, he has an experience that like nobody else gets to have. P- pretty amazing. We'll get to that in just a second. Before we do, let's pray. Ask the Lord to bless this time. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your day. Our chance to come be with you. Thank you, Lord, for this book and our time in it. Uh, mostly, Lord, for your inspiration of how much you're trying to get a hold of us, communicate with us, reach out to us, connect with us. Pray, Lord, that we'd be up to it. It'd be re- we would be responsive. Invest in our relationship with you. And then, Lord, that we would learn to, to love you and love others as your son commanded. And so, Father, I pray that our time this morning in your word and together would be to that end. And so, Father, we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Uh, Daniel, first 11 chapters, it's, it's, there's no other way to say it, but it's rough. It's rough. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of hope that it's going to turn out, and, you, and you, you wonder how Daniel makes it through. Uh, but it seems as if God gives Daniel just enough when he needs it. For him to endure through to the end. Uh, And then we get to chapter 12. Uh, We get to chapter 12 just a little bit confused. uh, Because things have gone so poorly uh, for Israel and Daniel and his buddies and the captives. uh, Not even in their own land. Um, But then uh, chapter 11 goes through this this long list of all these future kings that are going to be coming in this prophecy. And and how poorly it's going to go for them. Uh, it almost leaves you at the end of chapter 11 when it says, you know, this last king who will, he will die. The implication is he'll die alone and without help. As you get to the end, you think, well, who wins then? Because the kings that are in control and power and the ones that are coming after him, if they're all going to lose, and, and we're the Israelites, they're the captives, and we're, we're slaves, basically, we're losing. Who wins? And along comes chapter 12. And God kind of says, hold the show. Let me tell you something. Let me introduce you to Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Here we go. At that time shall arise Michael. And I love that phrase. Uh, because yeah, through the Bible, those that have uh, followed it a little bit, heard a little bit, uh, Michael, uh, the angel... Uh, he's called the archangel. He's the head of the the angel of armies, if you will, to put it in simple terms. Um, when he shows up, things happen. 
Uh, earlier in the book, it implies that Gabriel, the, the messenger angel, was delayed, held back, restrained in some kind of way because it doesn't explain why. But Michael shows up and all of a sudden Gabriel's free. We got this negative story of all these kings and all this different stuff going on. And you're wondering, well, what's going to go on? And here comes the phrase. Here arrives Michael. And you feel like, oh, wait, it's starting to shift. We're, we're going to swing uh, to the positive side, maybe. Uh, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. Worst ever, he says. But at that time, your, your people shall be what? No matter how bad it gets, when even when it gets to the worst of all time, what do God's people get? They get deliverance. They get delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Amen? Now, what's the question that comes out of that, right? What's the question? What book? And who cares about what book? The other, the other question is what? Am I, Am I in it, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't care what you call the book. They don't even name it here. Maybe it doesn't need a name. All I need to know is, am I in the book? Right? I mean, we could call this morning getting in the book. <laughs> I mean, that's why we're here in some ways. Uh, ultimately, it would be my prayer that that people get beyond the need of the day, the want of the day, the fear, the emotion of the day, and move on to, am I in the book? What's the internal investment that I need to be a part of, and am I in it? God makes a great promise here. You get in the book, You're good, no matter how bad it gets. Welcome to Happy Sunday. How do you get in the book? Let's figure it out. Okay, we're going to read through this. It's not going to say specifically, but I think you're going to get it. I think you're going to get it. Many of those, verse 2, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame, and everlasting contempt. Verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. Those who turn many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. That's kind of interesting. Uh, it, it implies like if you're wise, maybe for yourself, you, hey, you're going to be in good shape. But then notice, notice what's kind of implied in there. Those who turn many, many what? To righteousness. Many... Many what to righteousness? Others. Is there implied action? Implied expectation. This is not just about you. Because I've got to be honest with you. It's happy Sunday, but you're in trouble already. Right? I asked you, what's the question that comes out of you? What's the book? Right? I said, well, yeah, but who cares what it's called? Because the real question is, Am I in it? Isn't there another question? Maybe a different question. Maybe a better question. Who's in the book? Not just me. Who else is in the book? Who else can get in the book? Who's the book for? Who's supposed to be in the book? You know, the, the trouble with our own salvation is even in our own salvation, we can become selfish. We can get so narrowly focused that we miss that there's others that might need it. Uh, take the might out. There's others that need it. And when we recognize our own need for God and maybe a change of our perspective or what's really important in life or that there is an, an absolute right and wrong beyond just our own judgment we got to get to a place where we recognize that other people need that too 
We need it, yes. When we come to that realization, ah, maybe I could be a part of helping someone else. And then getting to the part where you take the maybe out, the mites out, the coulda, shoulda, wouldas out, and just say, I can help others. Come to the Lord, get written in the book, find the end, endure, pick your favorite verb. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's, that's really kind of what it's about. And what, what's going to happen with them? They're going to shine like the stars for how long? Yeah, yeah. So no matter how bad it gets, that's for a time. But forever and ever is redundant question. How long? <laughs> it's forever and ever. Right? I mean, the comparison there is not a comparison. Pain is temporal. Bad situations are temporal. In the scope of eternity, what are we willing to invest, endure, uh, put up with for the long-term gain? Forever, forever and ever. But you, Daniel, verse 4. Shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. We're going to hear this again, by the way. Many shall run to and fro. I think we should bring to and fro back. (laughs) Right? I mean, Timberlake wants to bring certain things back. I I think we should be bringing back to and fro. What a great phrase, right? To and fronia. That's what we should call our state. Right? We're not California anymore. We're to and fronia. We, we just, we run from one thing to another back and forth, and, and we can't make up our minds about anything. We're running to the next latest, greatest thing, and the new technology comes out, or, you know, uh, we've, a- we've actually figured out how to, in our sports team, uh, come up with shorter and shorter contracts so that we can move players all over the place, and one year a team's really good, and the next year they're horrible, and someone else is great, and, and we call that, you know, Crazy is what we should call it. But we've got this thing where we just run to and fro. Right? I read this. I say, oh, that's prophecy. I'm living in to and fro. And knowledge shall increase. Internet? We got some of the smartest people we've ever had. We know more about anything than ever before. I feel like we're living in this time. He says, Daniel, don't worry about the end. Put aside. A lot's going to change. Things are going to get crazy. People are going to think they have the answers. What's Daniel's response? Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood. Two others stood is a reference back to the beginning of chapter 10 when this part of the story kind of starts. It says that they're on the banks of the big river. Two angels show up and then a third entity comes and kind of hangs out with them. I think and kind of imply that maybe it might be Jesus and I'll give you good reasons in a minute and we'll see if you agree with me. But now it says two others. So maybe there's two more angels or... Maybe it's the same two angels, but they've moved positions. I kind of like to go with four angels are there now instead of two. I just, more is, two's, four is better than two, right? Uh, but, and I want to get into the explanation, but I think there's four angels here now. One on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. Now we're covering both sides of the stream. Uh, I think we got three on the side with Daniel, one on the other side. What's that significant for? I don't know. It doesn't explain it ever. But I know we've crossed the river now. What's that mean? I don't know. But something's changing. Something's different is going on. You know, rivers won't weren't like easily crossed back in those days. Is that significant? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but it's almost like God shows up on the scene and says, Hey, Daniel, I, I know you got a lot of questions. I know you told you, I, I, you've been drinking from the fire hose. You don't even know what a fire hose is, Daniel, but you've been drinking from it. And uh, there's way too much for you to dissolve right now. But what you need to understand is at any moment's notice, I can have an angel across the river. 
I can have an angel next to you. In addition to the two that are already there. It's almost, it's not a showing off on God's part. Because I don't, I don't know that we can ever say that God shows off. Although in human terms, if we did it, it'd be showing off. But it's like more of showing up rather than show off. I might write that down. I just, God never shows off. He just shows up, right? And when he does something, we, call, we would call it showing off because, wow, how unexpected, how supernatural. And he would say, no, that's actually borderline natural for me. That's every day. This is, it's just how I roll. I would love it if he said it that way too. Right? I just, this is the way I am all the time. Uh, Where are we? Six. And, sorry. Uh, someone said to the man clothed in linen. Who's the man clothed in linen? Hmm. Do we have other passages where we've got guys clothed in linen? Well, when we talk about end times prophecy and you have a guy clothed in linen, kind of a reference to maybe Jesus in other books. So far in this book, we don't have anything saying Jesus or Son of God or anything. So we can't say for sure. All right, you're hearing me loud and clear? Okay, but without saying it for for sure, I'm just going to say for me, I think it's Jesus. Okay, man in linen who was above the waters of the stream. So you've uh, you've got a spiritual being like hanging out. Over the waters. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was null and void without form. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He did walk on water. To me it's a little too parallel. For me to say just an angel. I got to say, when the best news is showing up for one of the greatest prophecies of all time, I'm okay with Jesus being the one who delivers it. I hope you are too. I like the idea that Jesus shows up on the scenes to fight his own battles and give his own messages sometime rather than always having somebody else do his dirty work. Because uh, I think Jesus does all his own dirty work. He proved it once. Amen? Amen. Uh, Who's above the waters of the stream? He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. Three and a half New York Times. Uh, that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. That's a rough prophecy. Uh, generally, when they would they would raise a hand, they'd raise one hand. This time, he raises both hands. He swears by God, which we're not supposed to do. This is going to be for three and a half times. Um, how long is the time? Don't answer it. Nobody knows. Some commentaries don't even want to comment on it. It's not meant to be known. But what he says is, what does he say? Go back one slide. When the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end. When we have completely shattered the power of the holy people. That sound good? Is that good news for you or Israel? Uh, What about today if we're holy people today is that we we might not win all the way we might lose before we win it's not always going to go our way it's not always going to go their way uh which begs the question do you have to have your way right good answer uh so back to our uh verse eight and and verse eight i heard but i did not understand Well, there's an understatement. Then I said, oh, my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? What's going to happen? 
He said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Remember we said, we said that earlier. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise, what? Shall. Does it say do understand? The tense of the verb here, super important. Are you meant to understand now? No. Will you understand? When? In three and a half times. How long is that? Don't know. Where's your answer? Somewhere else. All right? Now we understand why Daniel said, I heard, but I didn't understand. Right? I know a stand, God. Can I ask some questions? Yes, go ahead. Ask your questions. He asks his questions, and he says, what? Go your way. These words are shut up and sealed. When? Till the end. When was the end again? Three and a half times. How long is that? None. Who's on first? <laughs> right? It's, it's this circular thing. What, what's the point? God does not want you to have all the answers. Quit waiting for later and do now. Live now. Many shall purify themselves, but the wise shall understand. Verse 11, and from that time that uh, the regular burnt offering is taken away. This is a reference to a prophecy that was made in uh, a previous chapter. Where he says someone's going to take away all sacrifice and burnt offerings from the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, which, by the way, they're not doing right now. Just for taking notes at home. No sacrifice, burnt offerings going on in the temple right now. Israel does not have control of the temple right now. Uh, by the way, it's not even the original temple anymore. Same place, rebuilt. Okay? So the idea that the burnt offering was going to be taken away as a prophecy has been fulfilled long, long ago. Right? It's taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up. There's some kind of abomination that's going to be set up in the temple, uh, uh, prophesied in the previous chapter. When that happens, there shall be 1,290 days. What's that mean? Say, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at 1,335 days. 45 days later. What's that about? Say, no one knows. Guys, some of the commentaries don't even references, don't even acknowledge those two numbers because they have absolutely no idea what to do with it. Is it literal days or not? No one knows. Because Hebrew is, a, is not a literal language. It's an it's a analogous language. An artistic language. It's meant to paint a picture. You know, three and a half times could be 1,290 days. Three and a half times could be 1,335 days. Uh, three and a half times could leave 1,286 and a half days left. That was math, right? I'm sorry. Did I offend you by doing math in front of you? 1,290 minus three and a half, right? Do we get it? Uh, the point is nobody really knows what that is or what to do with it. And so it's kind of interesting when people get into arguments about the tribulation or the millennia, or how long or when. It's like, folks, you've missed the whole point of why God told those stories. He didn't tell you the story so that you knew when and what, but so that you would know who and how? How's he going to do it? He's going to take out all the kings. Who's going to do it? God is. In the end. That's what we're looking for. But, verse 13. In light of 12 chapters of information. And all kinds of crazy. Daniel, here's what you need to know. But, go your way. Till the end. There you go. Oh, you want to know about the end? You got all these questions you asked? Yeah, that's good. 
Love that you're thinking. Love that I have your attention. Now, go your way until the end. This begs a question, right? Earlier, we had a book, and I said, what's the question? You said, what is the book? Or am I in the book? And I said, yeah, maybe we want to add to who's in the book, or are others supposed to be in the book, right? Okay, what's the question here? What, what's your way? What's their way? What's his way? Her way? What's Scott's way? If you have an answer to that, share with me. Okay, <laughs> still trying to figure it out. And isn't that really the point? Figure out your way as you go. Because the way might be more important than the end. I get a little problem with the end justifies the means because I'm not sure it's always biblical. Your destination is more important than how you get there. Mm, I don't know about that. I think how we act along the way is more important then when you get there, if you get there, hence the story of the exodus from Egypt and how, well, how you act along the way is more important than when you get there, how you get there. Very interesting. Some of the stories Jesus tells to his disciples as he's departing from them. Hey, when you go into a town, act this way. And you know what the disciples always said? Well, yeah, but what if they, and, and maybe, what? And you said, no, this is the way you act. This is the way you carry yourself. You ready for a commercial? Men have lost their way. They know not how to go their way. Many men think there's a destination at the end and if they just keep working at it, they'll get to this place where they can afford it and act like it and are seen as it and have a title or whatever. It doesn't work that way. Men need men to become men because God has a design for your way as a man just like he has a design for your way as a woman. And we got to be about that business every day. That's why we meet Wednesday morning, 6 a.m., September 7th. We're giving something away that day, I think. You'll have to find out about it later because we're working on this right now. Go your way till the end and you shall rest. It shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. That's a promise, folks. That's a promise. We've heard no matter how bad it gets, you're going to get to place where you get rest and you get your place. Reservations. Locked and loaded. No cancellation policy. Prepaid. You just got to get there. The great, great promise. You shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. It's a little anticlimactic. The story just ended. And wait a minute. Where's Daniel still? He's not in Jerusalem. Probably not speaking Hebrew. And yet, how's Daniel doing? He's doing great. And I want to point it out more to you in just a minute. Okay? But I think there's some great things that come out of this story. Uh, this whole book, really... And we've gone through so many different things uh, as we've talked through the 11 chapters. You know, what happens when they're taken captives? How do you survive impossible? What, what if you, you have to be, uh, go through a trial by fire? How do you manage humble and proud? What's measuring up really mean? What's a combination of faith and future look like? How, how do you make sure you don't miss the turn? These are all things we've gone through in the last few weeks. I want you to see there's a reason that we do chapter at a time as we go through a book because it's meant to all go together. It's meant to be a cohesive story that fits and makes sense and brings you to real answers. And it's like, well, wait a minute, Scott. I thought this was all prophecy and we didn't really get any real answers other than there's an end out there somewhere and we'll eventually get there and God's going to do it. But I got no details. I got no answers when it comes to the details. And I'd say, absolutely you did. You got details about the road and your way. 
Not specific about names and titles and dates. Because that's not what it's all about. In fact, what God shows us in the, in, the, in the second to the last chapter is it doesn't matter if you are the greatest man on the planet with the best title and all of everything that you could ever own and possess. You will die alone without, pay, without help. Amen? Whereas, as and they say in Georgia, that's right. I heard it during worship. I heard it. Dwayne asked the question, when, when God's around, there is joy. And it was in the back, sweet little Georgia peach. That's right. Right? Guys, we're approaching our that's right. We're, you're all going to be Georgian at some point. We're going to be in heaven. We're going to be going, that's right. Uh, here's what we need to know. Uh, first one it, it comes out of verse 13. And I, and I think it's so important. That's why I put it at the top of your outline as really the key verse of the chapter. It says what? Go your way till the end. You shall rest and shall stand alone. Your allotted place at the end of the days. What's that mean? There's an end of the days and there's a place for you when that comes. It's interesting. Jesus talks about this. Jesus actually quotes Daniel. How cool is that? Uh, Which makes me think that it's okay for Daniel, the book, to be in the Bible. Right? You know, people argue about which books should be in and should be out. How do you make an argument for Daniel being out of the Bible when Jesus himself quotes it, right? You, you ever read in a Bible, uh, like a physical Bible? I don't know. If, they don't really do this online unless you change settings and it's uh, way hard to figure out. But you'll be reading along and the, and the color changes in the book. It goes red on you. You feel like you're, you're mid-40s and you're losing your eyesight or something like that. Right? Not that that happens to everybody. Um, Why? Why would they do that? And then, and some people complain. Well, I just think that's wrong. It's like highlighting certain parts of the Bible as more important than other parts of the Bible. That's just fundamentally wrong. Really? I, I don't know if I can complain. If Jesus says something, maybe just a little bit pay more attention to it. I, I think. It, favorites is okay. Well, we just said it at church. Okay, You're, you can favor your own kids. Yeah, but you just need to, right? Favor your spouse. All right, there's certain things you just got to favor at times. Well, we don't play, play favorites. We do equality at all times for all things. It, it doesn't really make sense um, because God Himself says that He has chosen His Son to become the first among all things. God plays favorites, right? He picked twelve disciples, not thirteen. Well, unless you count Judas leaving and they picked another guy to sub him, but then you can't say 14, right? You follow me? If Jesus says something, you really got to go with it. Jesus references Daniel, and watch what Jesus says right as he's about to leave. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, also verse 13. I don't know why that's significant, but it just weirded me out that like the really good verse from 13 in Daniel chapter 12 really goes with verse 13 in Matthew chapter 24. Ooh. But he who, what? Endures to the end will be saved. How do you get in? Remember the book? How do you get in the book? Endure to the end. What does endure mean? Figure it out, dude. If you get answers, come tell us. We're all trying to figure it out too. Just stay alive. Right? What's that? The last of the Mohicans. Stay alive. I will come for you. It's like, oh my gosh, Jesus in the movies. Uh, no, sorry. I shouldn't even reference that. Um, but here's the point. You got, you got to go your way and you got to endure to the end. You got to go your way and endure to the end. You got to keep going believing that, that Daniel Day-Lewis will come for you. Okay. Uh, you, you, you've got to believe that no matter how bad it gets, in the end, you've got a place. You've got to take God at his word. And, and here's the thing. And here, here's, here's probably the hard part. It's one thing to say, like, like way off in the distance, years from now, months from now, like, like way, I can't even see it. It's like so far out there. Yeah, then me and God will be good, Right? Between now and then, though, is a heck of a long time. 
How do I manage between here and like way down there in the future? And, and here's the thing, the same way. You take him at his word. He said, there is an end, there is a place for you, and, and you're gonna be, just stay alive, right? Just keep going. From today till then, I gotta take him at his word. And when he says, hey, you know, don't do that. Then you don't do it. He says, spend your time this way. Maybe you're yet to be good at doing it this way, but maybe you can just take a step that direction. I, I can't read a chapter a day in my Bible. It's like so much. It's like paint, Do a verse a day. Guys, I give you permission. Do a verse a week. If that's all you can do, if you're so pathetic that you can only read one verse a week, be pathetic for a little while because eventually you might get to two and that could double to four. Who knows, right? I mean, why are you laughing? It's absurd. Here, here's what's more absurd, that God has all these little things that says, this is how the system works. This is how it could work for you. This is how you could have joy and peace, patience and kindness, all these fruits of the Spirit that like make life work to where you could get to 47 and feel like, the pieces of the puzzle, they're not all there, but I sure think a few more in the spots are supposed to be than they were before. We, we take God at his word today for how I talk to my spouse, for how I train my kids, for what I value, for, like, for even if I'd say, that's right in church when somebody makes a suggestion. We start looking at not the future, but what happens between now and the future? Because guys, it is not until the power of the holy has been thoroughly destroyed till the end comes. The, insert swear word here, storm is coming. It will get worse. You will, you will deal with death and divorce and all kinds of the things that feel like they're going to kill you, take you down. It might happen to other people that you care about so desperately and you can't help them or you feel like you can't because you haven't figured it out yet. But it's going to feel like you are drowning, suffering, bottom of the ocean. There's no way you can get to It's going to feel like that at times. It's real easy to say at church on a Sunday morning when we heard good music and there's donut, there's sugar and caffeine, we can say, oh yeah, I'm going to listen and trust the Lord in what he says right now for today. But guess what? That's not what matters, folks. What matters is Tuesday afternoon or Thursday night or Saturday night when it really hits. You get that email or that text message or they say it right to your face or you get served or whatever it is. That's the moment where you need to recognize you got a God who's bigger than all of it because no matter how bad it gets, even at the very worst, there's a place for you, isn't there? And he wants to take you there. Now he's asking, are you going to be wise? You can, be follow, can you follow like Daniel? Here's what I promise you. It'll never get as bad for you as it got for Daniel. And he, and he endured to the end. And in the end, he ends up in like amazing, amazing place. Let's get there, okay? Because the second thing I want to see, I want you to see, uh, comes in verses six, eight, and nine. Watch what happens. Someone said to the man clothed uh, in linen, uh, who was above the waters of the stream, "How long shall it be till the end of these wonders?" Right? There's a question asked. If we're supposed to go our way and endure the end, and what you know, we got some questions. They had questions too. Verse eight. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Goes, tells him to go away, actually for the first time, but we hear it at least twice, right? Go your way. You see, you can't have all the answers. You can't have all the answers. So observe what you do know. 
We fret the yet. We chase the yet to be. We go after what's out there rather than just deal with what you got. You know, Daniel was a champion at staying in the moment. It's all he had. And he was, he was a professional. All-star team, MVP of living in the moment. Absolutely brilliant. Watch what Jesus says. Again, notice I put in your outline uh, a few spots here, the Matthew verses. I, I put the Jesus in and read. Okay, see, this is planned. I know, this is planned so that you can kind of get it, right? Matthew chapter 28, verse uh, 20, I think. Um, here we go. Teaching them. Jesus is about to leave. He's going off to heaven. He's seen his disciples. He's come. Uh, he's died. He's risen. He's come back. He's had some meals with them. He's talked with them. Now he says, I'm leaving. Here's the last thing I'm going to tell you before I leave. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Okay? And then watch what he says. It's called the Great Commission. A lot of people refer to it that way. Although it never says Great Commission anywhere in the scripture. But it's commonly referred to this way. Then he says this. And, and here's what you do until then. Until the end. Teach them to all that I have do the stuff you know. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, and here's the promise. Right? In Daniel, we get, hey, at the very end, I got a place for you. It's allotted. Great word. You and I will be there. Jesus goes one step further. He says, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And then he says, he says I'm going to send you a helper, other place, Holy Spirit. You're never meant to be alone. But you're never meant to be alone so that you have help. How and Why? Because you, because you don't get all the answers. All right? It's happy Sunday, but it's bad news Sunday. You will never get all the answers. You can't have them. If God wanted you to have them, he'd give them to you. He didn't give them to you. He didn't give them to anybody. He didn't even give them to Daniel, and he was the MVP. So in light of you're going to be playing with half the deck, play with half the deck. Play the cards that are in your hand. Oh, he referenced card play at church. I don't know how I feel about that. Get over it. Most of the planet plays cards. Become all things to all people that you might save some, right? Get them in the book. Here we go. Moving on. Uh, 10, 12, and 13. Uh, Give us our third point. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1335 days. But go your way to the end. You shall rest. You shall stand in your allotted place. At the end of days. Be the last one standing. In good company. With help. I love showing you stuff that's new. I love showing you passages and then showing you something maybe you didn't pick out the first time you read it. Or maybe you read it ten times. And I think that's part of my job. And so it's just so frustrating when somebody comes up last week and does a preemptive strike on something that was going to come out this week. Last week we end with the prominent king and he dies alone without help. We compare, contrast, we come to chapter 12 and when we come to the end of Daniel, is he alone? I think he's got four angels. Is my argument for why four and not two? Because it's a contrast to the dead king. And he's got some kind of man dressed in linens hovering over the surface of the waters. Is Daniel alone? Does he have help? The king died alone without help. Daniel dies in good company and with help. Or it comes to his end that way at least. Right? 
So if you're ever preaching, don't tell McGrogan what you're preaching about because he'll figure it out before you get there. <laughs> Props to you, Steve. Uh, it's important for us to recognize because the guy who had seemingly, by human standards, who had nothing ends up with everything. And the guy who seemingly had everything ends up with nothing. Guys, kind of poetic. <laughs> we don't even know his name. The king, right? The most prom- of the very end, but right? Dies alone without help, and we don't even know his name. Right? Anybody met anybody named Danny? Dan? Yeah, we know his name, don't we? Don't you love that? We love that. We get to remember who Daniel was. Because he endured nothing. And in the end, he gets a, a, a place allotted to him. And you know, folks, that's, I mean, the, the happy Sunday message is that that's meant for you too. You're meant to share in that glory of the end. And, and, and even better than the glory of the end, you can start sharing in that when? Today. You start following him today. You start you start changing your body chemistry just by starting to follow the Lord. The joy of following the Lord, being a little obedient, follow, you start feeling better in weird ways. Okay? Here's the last one. Back to Matthew uh, chapter 24, verse 15 and 16. Uh, watch what Jesus says. I told you he quoted Daniel. Okay? So when you see the abomination of desolation, remember I told you the, the sacrifice will stop in, in, in the temple uh, in Israel and it's not going on today, right? When you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, the temple, let the reader understand. Remember he said, the wise will understand. He says, now you'll understand. Then that lo- let those who are in Judea Flee to the mountains. Watch out. Now here's the thing I want you to understand. We've got all these time frames. Three and a half days, or three and a half times, 1,290 days, 1,335 days, and nobody knows what any of those mean, right? But this is all Daniel. How far ago? Really like thousands of years ago, right? 400 years before Christ. Jesus shows up on the scene. He's not talking about uh, Antiochus, Epiphanes, or any of the other people that are coming or have come. What's he talking about? He's talking about it in the future. Jesus comes hundreds of years later and implies that the abomination of the desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel, when you see it, what's he implying? It hadn't happened yet. Jesus talks about Daniel's prophecy as if it has not happened yet. So it should happen after Christ's statement here in the book of Matthew. End is coming, folks. Was there a practical application for the audience that heard it from Daniel? Absolutely. Would there maybe a double meaning of something that's coming on later on in life? An ultimate end? Absolutely. And Jesus said, mark my words. And guys, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. You need to get, you need to get an app on your phone where you can look up verses and stuff. Because uh, that's how you get beyond one verse a week. Okay? Matthew 16, 26. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? That's the compare contrast of the king in chapter 11 to Daniel in chapter 12. It quotes in Matthew, but you know, Mark says it too. He says it this way, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Get it twice and then we get it a third time. And I like the way Luke says it the best. Leave it to the doctors. Sometimes they say it the best. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? 
Don't lose or forfeit yourself. Gain everything by standing in the future right now. Amen? Amen. If you've never made that decision, come on. (laughs) That's right. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to do it here. The intent, though, is you got to do it. Oh, no, he's doing an altar call and it's not prayer time yet. (laughs) We got to change it up. Why? Because we got to get more people where? In the book. In the book. Amen. I would love to help you with it. There are many people here also who would love to help you with it. But you need not go through the worst things in life alone. No matter what's coming, you can go through it with other people and with help so that you can endure to the end, go your way, and arrive at your rest in your allotted place. How can you not love the book of Daniel? Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you give us. Lord, may we see that what you give us in life is very similar to what you give us in your word. Clarity, truth, a path, grace. Lord, may we see those things in our lives and project those things in the lives of others. That we might bring everyone to the end. Thank you, Lord, for this book. We thank you for this church. And Lord, we thank you for this offering that we're about to receive. We pray that you would bless it, that we might go the way we're supposed to go till the end. Lord, for those who are guests or visiting, we pray they feel no obligation to give, but recognize what they do, what we do as a family. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.